Welcome to season three of the Gamers Change Lives podcast, Esports 101, Building a Business. Over the past year, we've talked with many esports professionals around the world. Our audience knows how to play games, and now they are eager to level up their skills in the business arena. This season aims to equip every esports entrepreneur with practical and useful knowledge to achieve success. Think of it as a mini course, Esports 101. And now your host, Tom Leonard. I'm Tom Leonard. I'm the host of the Gamers Change Lives podcast, where we talk about how esports can create jobs around the world. We call it Play Games, Create Jobs, Change Lives. Now, in season one, we talked about jobs. In season two, we talked about follow the money. We talked about investment. We talked about sponsorship. And now here in season three, we're talking about individuals who are interested in, in helping people start an esports business from all different angles. We call it Esports 101. And today, I'm really lucky. We're really lucky to have a guest here from Nigeria, uh, Jada Solo. Welcome. Welcome, Jada Solo. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Where, where are you speaking from? So I am based in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, so that's on the West African coast um, of Africa. Got it. Got it. So can you give a little, just a little background of uh, a little introduction and some of your background. And this is this is usually where we ask people, oh, you know, are you where where did you get started in gaming? But we will get back to that with you in in a little bit different direction. But it'd be really good because I like I like the story that you have of, of what you were doing and then what got you into what you're doing now. Oh, so my name is Jadisola DDJ has been introduced, and I am um, the co-founder of an education company in Nigeria called STEM Met. And we equip children in our country, in our continent, with skills that they need for the future. So through using science, technology, engineering, and math-based programs, we're equipping them with skills that they need for the future, either future workplace or future as entrepreneurs. And so how did I get into this? So my background is in pharmacy. So I worked in the, the pharmaceutical industry for about 20 years. And um, I lived in Canada for about 11 years. And 11 years ago, we decided to move back to our home country. We were educated in Europe and in North America. We have two young kids and we really wanted to come back to our homeland, taking with us our education and experiences and just going back for nation building. So we took our two young children with us, one age 10, one age 6. And when we got back to Nigeria, which is where we had our foundational like education, we found that, that the education system hadn't really moved with the times. Uh, it was still very much stuck in that cram, rote learning. There wasn't a lot of practical application of knowledge. It just wasn't fit for purpose anymore. And I struggled to find engaging programs for my own children who were used to that North American going to cram and outside of school learning. So non-academic learning in essence. And so as a mom, what do you do? So I started researching and looking for things for my own children to do that were engaging. And this was really driven by my son who learns differently. He's more of a hands-on learner. Um, and Lego was his thing. And so I came across the concept of learning and teaching using STEM, which is practical, it's hands-on, uh, problem-solving, and also developed you know, critical 21st century skill sets. So critical reasoning, problem solving, 
And I love the idea of using alternative tools and innovative tools to teach. And so I came across this um, program on one of our trips to the U.S. because my cho- I would take them to North America to go to camp during the summer. And I came across this program actually advertised in the, one of those in-flight magazines where they used to have them on Delta called Bricks for Kids. Oh, that, that's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah, it's called Bricks for Kids. And they use Lego to teach STEM. And I thought, what a brilliant idea. Kids already love Lego. They're colorful. They're fun. And my son grew up with that. He was actually really good at it. And I thought, this is fantastic. You're teaching them. They think they're playing. But they're also learning as well. Um, and so the office was in Florida, which was where we were going on holiday. And it was perfect. So we just drove down there and the uh, holiday became a business trip. <laughs> and my, uh, my host and I was a physician at the time. So another woman in STEM, we decided that this is a brilliant thing to take to Nigeria. Uh, kids in Nigeria to also engage with. So that's how the business started um, with my uh, co-founder who was based in Florida at the time. And that was, we started the business almost a decade ago now uh, with the idea that we're bringing, you know, tried and tested innovative ways of learning learning and and teaching to our children here in Nigeria uh, for them to also start to acquire these skills that maybe some of the education um, you know, system isn't actually um, exposing them to. Of course, a lot has changed since then. So that's how we started. So it was really inspired by my own children, uh, inspired by the need to really bring our children in our country and our continent up to date and really, you know, solve a problem um, in the education sector uh, in our country. And so that's how I started. What I, what, I, what I like about that story is, one of the things I like about that story is that you saw that there was something that wasn't being done. And instead of expecting someone else to, to find the solution, you had the approach of, what can I do? What can I do to make this work? This isn't, this isn't acceptable. This isn't how I want things to work. So what do, can I do to go make things better? And I think that's, we hear that. A lot. I, we don't hear it often enough. That's that's a really good um, uh, approach to take. I think one of the things I noticed you you call yourself uh, sometimes a social entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Could you describe what what is a social entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. So the idea behind social entrepreneurship is you are an entrepreneur, but you're so you're running it as a business, but you're focusing on. Um, the area of your business is focusing and addressing a social need. Um, so the business is being run for profit. However, your driving force is actually um, catering to a dire social need. So for in our instance, it's the education sector. For others, it's health. For others, it's financial inclusion. Um, so it, it, it has a social aspect in um, the solution that it's providing in general. So impact is, is one of the biggest metrics uh, for social entrepreneurs. Um, so it's how can you sustainably um, be impactful um, as well as being profitable? No, I think it's well. Um, it's a good distinction. 
to make there. I want to talk a little bit in a little bit more detail about STEM because you 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 live this, so you know it exactly. And I think for someone that maybe may not be as familiar with what STEM is, could you just talk about kind of define what STEM is and why is it important? Why is it important that kids are involved in it? Yeah. So the idea of STEM is really um, an interdisciplinary approach where you are combining concepts of science, technology, engineering, even arts nowadays. So arts, the A has been added in there and mathematics. And the idea behind that is how do you work with a mindset of bringing together different elements to solve a problem? or to focus on a project. Uh, lending from those three, uh, four or five pillars um, and working together in a collaborative ap- approach to solve a problem. And in doing that, you are borrowing from different aspects of those pillars. You are working together. So there's a lot of collaborative um, encouragement in this method of learning and teaching. There's focus on not just the technical aspects of what you're learning, but there's a big focus on soft skills. So when we talk about communication, when we talk about critical thinking, when we talk about collaboration, when we talk about empathy, uh, when we talk about initiative, when we talk about resilience. So oftentimes the um, answer is not immediately obvious. So there's a need to be able to think critically what the problem is. Uh, and come up with a solution together. So it's almost replicating a workspace uh, or almost replicating, you know, an employment space where you're working with other people for a common goal to solve a problem. And um, there's there's a gap really, um, even in the workplace. So it's quite long-term in its thinking um, with the mindset that these skills are required really for you to function and thrive either in the workplace or in business. Um, and the idea is that this, as you're learning your ABC, you're also learning this foundational um, skills, skill set that is essential uh, for the future. So that is really what STEM is about. It's interdisciplinary. Uh, it's a method of learning how to think, not what to think, with the idea that if you are placed in any situation, in essence, you're able to apply those skills. So it's similar to design thinking in a way, um, you know, but there's a, there's a technical aspect to it. But it's the technical and the soft skills combined together, and you're really grooming those children to be able to apply both um, to any situation and problem solving. It sounds really good there is that it's long-term. It's like so you're exactly. giving people, you're giving students, you're giving kids skills that they can use in a variety of different situations. You're not just training them how to how to build a robot. So if they're going to be a robot builder in the future, they're 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 going to have good training for that. It, it's it's broader than that. It's it, like you say, the soft skills that exactly. are out there. So that yeah, that, I mean, it it the skills can be transferable to any sector basically. So which is the great thing about it. Not everybody has to be a robotics engineer or coder, but those skills are applicable across, you know, industry, across sectors. They're almost like life skills, to be honest. What kind of life skills do students who go through your 
Bricks for Kids program. What kind of life skills do they do they acquire there, would you say? Yeah, I think uh so this can be under uh classified under literacy skills even. So, you know, you're learning digital literacy, you're learning how to do research. Um you're also learning resilience, you're learning flexibility, um, you're learning initiative, you're learning even productivity because you you're problem solving, right? So they can be classified under learning skills, um, you know, literacy skills, as well as life skills. Um, so a combination of those skills are really what comes under the umbrella of 21st century uh, skill set. We've spoken about the four C's, critical thinking, communication, um, problem solving. We've talked about the media skills and even being able to assess um, information in this age of false information or fake news, uh, how are you able to critically um, digest and investigate information that's being placed in front of you? So those are some of the skills that they're also learning that are life skills that can be uh, applicable if, even in their day-to-day. So, you know, sometimes we go into cybersecurity or digital literacy. How can I... Uh, vouch for the authenticity of this information that I've been presented, you know, in my research. Um, so those are the kinds of things that uh, we help our students develop through the various programs that we run. Yeah. And I think also it goes like, like with the other programs you have that with the coding, with the robotics, mm-hmm. it's like just it, students that go through that and are successful at that just are going to have, all kinds of, of skills that, that no one ever would have thought of going in. Now, the, now the Bricks for Kids, as an example, is an American project. Yeah. How easily did it adapt to your community there? Was, was there any anything that that didn't adapt the same way and that needed adjustment? Or how did that work out? Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, you know, um, Bricks, a lot of the Bricks for Kids program is science-focused. And, you know, so it, it, it lends biology, life sciences, physics, chemistry, which is universal. You know, H2O is H2O in America, in Nigeria, in Italy. Um, so I would say by and large, a lot of that translated. Um, some of the areas that needed to be tweaked, uh, in the content was really maybe some examples that were not relatable to our, um, context. Um, or some of the examples that were given in some of the teaching, teaching plans were maybe not necessarily applicable to us. So, you know, a lot of our facilitators had to now look for relatable or local examples to be able to, um, you know, relate to kids. But I would say 95% of it was relatable because it's based on basic science in essence. Uh, so that, that works really well, um, for us. And in the instances where we had to look for local um, local references, uh, that wasn't difficult at all. So it, it was pretty straightforward, actually. One of the things that that reminds me of is when we're talking about games and esports, how universal it is. It's like it's like playing the game is the same if you're in Nigeria or if you're in uh, Chile or if you're in the U.S. or in Canada or anywhere in the world. If you're playing League of Legends, you're playing League of Legends. And so it's a, it's a common, um, a common, um, language. language. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. One of the, one of the quotes I saw on your website 
which I thought was really interesting is like, when you educate a man, you educate a single person. When you educate a woman, you educate entire society. Can you talk a little bit about why you have girls only workshops, for example, and your focus on especially uh, girls and women in STEM? Because there's such a huge shortage of women and girls in STEM universally, to be honest. I mean, when you come to developing nations and developing countries, there's still a lot of bias and stereotype in terms of what a scientist should look like or what um, a mathematician should look like. And luckily, both co-founders are females. Both co-founders have careers in STEM. So really, we see ourselves as role models to really break down that myth um, and try and be an inspiration to more females going into STEM. And that's also a conscious thing in terms of recruiting in our facilitators also. Uh, So I would say 80% of our facilitators at the moment are actually female um, for two reasons. Uh, Business model works well for women who want to um, work part-time because most of our programs are after school um, or outside school enrichment programs. So they're able to earn a living as well as to look after their So that that works for them. Secondly, they are also being trained because before you can be a facilitator, you have to be trained on the contents of what you are teaching. So they are also acquiring digital skills or STEM skills that they, they, they didn't have the opportunity to be exposed to during their own educational journey. So we really see our work as two tier. One in terms of trying to uh, encourage and inspire more girls to go into STEM and also capacity building and upskilling, um, you know, the female graduates who really also don't have those skills. Um, so we're training the young ones, but we're also training the older ones uh, by virtue of the fact that they are coming to us as facilitators. So we're trying to bridge the gap in terms of bringing up the young ones and also upskilling and reskilling those graduates that are already in the workforce. And some of them have left us and gone on to, you know, great and wonderful things with other companies in Nigeria or overseas. Uh, and that works for both our facilitators and our students. So I think we're, we're having impact, um, at either end of the spectrum, to be honest. Um, so our dream is to see more participation. Um, and we see that also as, you know, a way of, you know, uh, reducing the gender inequality, um, and also, um, ensuring that we are providing quality education. So the sustainable development goals that we support are really quality education. Um, so SDG four, SDG five, also reducing inequality, uh, and, and also gender equality. When it comes to inequality with, uh, with women in, in science in general, that's something that's, it's fairly universal, isn't it? I mean, that's not yes. something that's just, just in in your community there, but it's it's true. I mean, you could, because you have experience in in uh, in North America, in Europe, it's like it's it's the same situation there, isn't it? It is, but I think it's worse for us because uh, there's still that gender stereotype in terms of oh, this is the career that you should go into, even when we're in uh, high school. You know, these are certain careers that are good for women, or you know, will make you 
it will be better for your home life when you're married. You know, you don't want to go into a certain career. So we still have that cultural bias. Um, you know, it, it's getting better, but, you know, it could be even a lot better. So even certain careers, you know, women are not encouraged to go into certain careers because they're still seen ultimately as homemakers or stay-at-home moms, which if that is your choice, it's not a problem. But it's for you to be able to have a choice uh, that I would like to explore being an aeronautics engineer. Yes, there are not many women doing it, but I want to be able to make that choice, uh, not out of compulsion. Yes. I also saw that you recently went to Paris, yes, Women in Tech. Yeah. Could you describe, I, I guess, one of the things I think is re a really interesting story here is that particular event and what you learned there. But in general, your your interest and your your your, your pursuit of going to these international events, why do you go to them? What do you get out of them? And why would you encourage other people to do the same? Mm -hmm. Because my mindset is that of being a lifelong learner and interested in what is happening globally. I'm always on a research mode to learn and understand, you know, relevant technology or relevant, relevancy globally, to be honest. Um, and really for me, this year was a sort of personal objective of connecting with other women. Um, so I'm also learning myself. I'm learning from other people i'm learning from other women and i think somehow there's always a con an easier connection with other women uh there's a kind of uh, untold sisterhood that kind of you know it, it's just automatic and you can share your experiences um so for me um going was really to explore uh i have a spirit i have an adventurous spirit and i have a yearning to learn more and learn new so i always think I'm going out there to learn and to bring back into my own community, into my own work, uh, into my own personal development as well, actually, um, and see what is going on out there. You, you have to continue learning. And that's what we try and encourage our kids to do as well. One of the questions that comes up is, yeah, how do you, how do you spread that? I, I think it's great, this lifelong learning. And one of the things I've noticed in just, just, looking at what you've been doing, you're, you're really curious, and yeah. you're, it, which, which is an unbelievably powerful um, trait to have. I mean, people, what, I've, what I've noticed when I've read about people who are curious are some of the most successful people out there. People who are incurious or not curious about anything, just live in their own little world and don't expect it to ever change. Well, I, I think that would be a really dull place to be, but, mm. but also they, they're not kind of accomplish much in, in helping other people out. So your whole life learning, learning your curiosity side of it is, um, is really, really good there. How do we, how is it possible to get other people, to get people in your programs, to get the girls in your programs, the women in your programs? How do you, how can you encourage them to be curious? Because it's one thing to just say, go be curious, but are there particular ways in, in your program, um, that, that you're able to encourage Curiosity? Yeah. Uh, I think for us, we've done that through the scope of programs that we offer. So we offer bricks for kids, which we use Lego to learn. We offer things like, you know, sound and technology. So we use a platform called Soundtrap, which is an educational program from Spotify, actually, where we're using sound uh, to inspire creativity. So the kids learn how to 
rhyme, how to use poetry in music, how to create podcasts, how to create jingles. Um, so if your interest is in coding, you can also be curious using music or using sound. Uh, we have another program where kids are learning, you know, UX design, where they're learning digital art. Um, and so I think the scope of programs that we offer inspires curiosity. And, you know, it's, it's not the same old, same old. It's not boring. There's a vast array of, um, you know, different ways uh, for you to learn. Uh, so I think exposure inspires um, creativity. Uh, and also feeds into curiosity. So the more exposed you are to a variety of things, I feel that inspires curiosity. You always want, okay, so what is this sound and text? Okay, so what is this uh, science experiment? Oh, okay, so what is this robotics that I'm doing? Uh, so that's the way that uh, we are always looking for programs. We are also, that's why I got interested in esports as well. What sort of innovation can we bring into learning and teaching? I will continue to inspire curiosity. Yes, that's going to be that's going to be my next question. One of the things I think on curiosity, I think one of the things is if if you're curious, you start to surround yourself with other curious people, and so it's, you you just that just is what attracts you. I mean, that's you want to be around people who are also curious, and that okay. kind of adds on to it. Yeah, uh, going back to esports because that's that's what we talk about here on the podcast, and something that we had in in our earlier conversation to talk about. Okay, from a STEM aspect, what what got you interested in learning more about esports? Actually, it was my son that got me interested in learning more about uh, esports. Uh, so he's an avid gamer and has been from a really young age. So it was one of those things where. You know, you, you are either penalizing someone for spending an inordinate amount of time gaming, or you try and understand and even find out what, what is so interesting about this gaming. And so that's how I, I got into esports through my son, um, learning from him. What are you doing? Okay. So what is this gaming thing? What are you streaming? And I think from there, I just took that and started researching it and thinking, wow, this, this is a thing. It's not just, you know, these geeks sitting around and, and playing games and wasting their time. It's actually a thing. Uh, and I actually did an IG live with him, an Instagram live with him a couple of years ago for him to explain it to other parents, particularly oh, now. That, that is, that, that, that is so smart because <laughs> that, that's always the question that I have is, you know, the, the, the question of kids and their parents. About, you know, when, when they have the talk about, you know, you know, with the talk meaning that the kids are explaining to the parents that this is more than just playing games and I'm getting more out of it than just playing games. And the parents are like, no, it's like you're playing games and I didn't play games when I was a kid. So I just don't understand it. So no, that, that is really, really smart to have, have your son explain to you that can, in a way that can explain to other parents. Yeah. And I think it was that, actually really smart. Really I, smart. I, I think it was actually one of our most successful Instagram lives. I mean, we had hun hundreds of parents there. We ran over an hour and we had to cut it short because parents were just asking questions and asking and asking and asking. So, um, yeah. So, so it's him. I 
Yes. And even in that, guiding him career-wise, when I realized that, no, this is what this guy wants to do. Um, so he, he went on to study computer science. Um, but then afterwards, okay, grad school, what am I going to do? Oh, do AI, do cybersecurity. But his interest was really in gaming. Uh, so one early morning in my thinking and reflective mode, I just went on the internet. Are there any graduate courses in computer games programming? You know, this guy wants to program games. Let's give him the skills. And we found one and he recently finished his uh, graduate school um, in computer games programming and is actually working in a gaming studio in the UK. Um, so I think there was a lot of learning there for us as parents. Uh, and I mean, I, 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 I keep saying to other parents that you really need to understand these Gen Zs, understand their interests, and understand that life has really changed beyond what we know. And career pathways are just, you know, endless now. Um, and yeah, so he's going to, God willing, pursue a career in the gaming industry. So he got you interested in knowing more about yes. uh, being curious about esports. So what what have you what have you figured out with esports and how it relates to STEM? Well, I figured out that firstly it's a mind blowing industry. <laughs> uh, there's a variety of career pathways. I've realized that there are skills um, that can be developed and enhanced through esports. Uh, and I've also realized that it's actually quite a tactical and strategic uh, way of learning, to be honest. Again, it's innovative, it's different, and there's skills that, that have been developed. So, of course, I'm automatically drawn to that because that's really been the history of the education company that we're building that. What are non-conventional ways that children can learn? What are non-conventional ways that they can develop skills? And it has to be fun and engaging, for goodness sake. <laughs> um, so um, esports was a was a natural draw for me. E- esports is so well positioned for that because just like you're describing, it needs to be fun. If you want kids to be involved, if you want them to be interested, it's like you, you, the the more fun that it can be, and what's more fun than, than video games? So if you take the, and you take it in a way and put it in context where it. Um, it, it, it can help educate them as well. It's like a win-win on both sides. One of the things that we keep hearing, especially uh, women in esports, how it's the it, women. It's, it's can sometimes be challenging to be a woman in esports. Do you see that that can be kind of a barrier to what what it is that you would like to do with esports? Have you noticed any of that? Yes, for sure. So last summer we ran an esports camp. We ran an esports. Uh, summer camp. And of course, I think 90%, if not 95% of them were male, um, you know, naturally because the types of games they play, um, etc. So I think one of the things I'm hoping to do before we start our summer camp is actually to have a series on just explaining to parents, you know, what some of these programs are. Uh, because even the parents themselves, oh, esports, oh no, that's not for my daughter kind of thing. Uh, to have information sessions leading up to the start of our summer camp in trying to explain, you know, uh, in, in deeper detail some of the programs that we're going to be offering. Uh, I think education is key. Uh, when we started this business about a decade ago, even the concept of STEM, we had to educate our schools, we had to educate our parents on what we were doing. 
Um, so I think that's what we need to do again, you know, if we're going to be serious about esports and engaging more females. We need to educate the community. Uh, we need to educate the school uh, on exactly what it is uh, and have sessions where they can come and see and learn. And in fact, one of the things we do with the STEM festival we're having in July, last year we had over 6,000 people. We actually have a whole segment. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a whole segment, which is just esports. Uh, and we're having an esports uh, competition as well. No, that's great. No, it, 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 yeah. Educating the parents is, is really a smart, I, I keep, I keep hearing you come back to that different times, talking to the parents, the, the parents and the community, but the parents on 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 the role that esports can play in a positive way out there which is is really good do you think it makes a difference um based on different cultures their approach to uh esports because you you have experience in obviously they're in in africa but also here in the in the u.s and you're in canada and north america and europe and so on and talking to you know going to conferences and so on and i'm always curious about how you see culture impacting the acceptance of the esports? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. Like I said, it's dispelling the notion uh, that gaming or esports is just, you know, you're just playing around. I mean, we have a couple of professional esports, um, you know, um, esports players here in Nigeria, but I mean, they're just a handful at the moment. And I know in Africa as a whole, it's, it's a relatively new but up-and-coming um, field of sports, actually, because it is a sport. Um, so I think, you know, there is a cultural aspect to things. You know, even wanting to play soccer, as you guys call it, wanting to play football as a career, you know, it's still looked upon, you know, you're not going to be an engineer, you're not going to be a doctor, lawyer. It's still frowned upon a little bit, though it's getting better acceptance let alone electronic sports. Come on, you're just sitting in front of the computer and just playing around on the console. Uh, so I think that cultural aspect of it, I think that's going to take some time. But I think even, you know, people like us in the STEM space who are, you know, um, partnering with esports um, companies locally or those that are trying to promote esports, again, it boils down to education. Education, the community, um, you know, just breaking down those stereotypes, information is part you know, um, and just showing examples of what it really means. And I know a few players in that market, there's even an esports association in Nigeria, actually, uh, and in Lagos State, where we live as well. Um, yes. and it's just really trying to raise the profile of that, um, aspect of sports, really, and gaming. No, there's, yeah, there's a lot of good organizations out there doing some some good things, um, oh. but yeah, sometimes they just need a little bit more attention out there. For sure. Could you describe maybe a, the the best success story you have coming out of Steam Mets? Well, I mean, and I and I don't I don't mean for you to pick favorites, but <laughs> is there one is there one story? It's like a one person that just went. It, just because of their involvement with Steve, Steam Mets, did things that you just that just surprised you more than anyone else. Mm. Well, I think the story comes to mind of one of our young students. I think he came to us at the age of seven or eight. Uh, I'm bringing him being 
very curious, but also very stubborn. You know, he wanted to do it all himself and he just wanted to get on with it. He was too impatient to listen to the instructions. He just wanted to do it. I remember him coming, I mean, year to year to year, almost every holiday. Of course, having a mom who was also, who had also realized the talent, passion, fun. And so, um, so he came to us for about eight years, uh, from the age of seven or eight. And I think when he was about 14, he actually ran a Lego camp in his church, uh, for some of the kids from the, uh, you know, less privileged society. So he ran a camp and he, he got some Lego kids and, and he did a, a mini camp for them. Uh, and then he came on a few summers ago as an intern. So you see that evolution from an eight-year-old who was a student and, you know, he's running camps in his church and then he comes in as a, as a, as an intern for the summer. And I'm proud to say last year, he actually went into uni to study robotics engineering in the UK. Uh, So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he comes to mind, a few others. Uh, But most recently, I I remember him as this seven-year-old, and now I see he was this, (laughs) you know, this chap that's in university. And he sent me a note. Thank you so much for the influence you had on my life. (laughs) Um, And... uh, you know, thank you for letting me come to STEM Met Camp, um, and uh, and I will never forget you or something like that, which I thought was so sweet. <laughs> so that's, that's great. One example that comes to mind, and of course, I think my own children um, is another example because they were the they were the lab rats, <laughs> for lack of a better word, and seeing that evolution of supporting children in STEM who have now gone on um, to pursue different careers, actually. So I have my son who is in uh, game development uh, and game design. And um, I have my daughter who recently um, started college um, exploring uh, biochemical engineering. Um, and, And again, that's a new... That's a new area of um, of engineering, um, which I am sure you know is going to go on to do many very uh, many exciting uh, things in the future in biotechnology, uh, renewable energy, um, etc. All that sounds great. It's always good because I just I like watching your face light up when you were talking about <laughs> these people. Which yeah. this, is a, this is an audio podcast, so people can't see that. But but it's always it's always fun to see that when people we come across so many people here who enjoy who just really really like other people succeeding and it's like you know it's, and and to see that in people's faces is really good. Want to ask you? Don't want to run out of time here, but you were talking about in in your your camp coming up in July that you are um, you have an esports event as part of it. Is is that right? Yeah, so we, we, we're running an esports camp, but our STEM festival, our STEM festival in July, uh, we have an esports event. We have a, an esports competition and we have a whole section that's just esports. Um, that, uh, we're hoping our parents and children will be able to interact and participate in and also, you know, dispel the notion, uh, of, of what esports is. Yeah. So two events, our camp and also our um, big festival event in July. 
where do you get the expertise, the esports expertise to do so, these things? Yeah, so we partnered with a, uh, a couple of companies locally. Uh, there's a company called Gamer. They run esports competitions. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they run esports competitions. Any older. Old, yeah, exactly, for older kids. There's another company called Cuchesa. Um, they also, um, they, they're a smaller gaming company. Uh, so we're working with both of them um, to host the um, esports section of the of the festival that we're looking into, and we are also through your introduction actually through uh, NASEF been able to get access to some of their content. Oh, they're great! Oh, yeah, 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 Gerald Solomon, all of all of yeah. these. Yeah, so he sent us a ton of information. So we're kind of you know looking through it and seeing what we can do with the content that they've sent to us as well. Now that's great, and. Um, because what it makes me think of here is that you were talking to esports entrepreneurs out there and esports entrepreneurs, you know, for, the, for the most part, the successful ones are curious and they probably haven't thought of how can they partner with a STEM organization like yours? I mean, that just, it, it because maybe they don't see, well, they're not going to pay me a lot of money or, or, or whatever, but it's like, okay, how can I, like, like, like your connection with gamer as an example that can help them, that can help you. And so on. So I think one of the things, one of the takeaways from the conversation is that if you're an esports entrepreneur, think of other partners out there that, that can be beneficial for, for both sides out there. Because if you, if you're talking, I'm going to keep coming back to this. I, uh, I, I want to, I want to see if you have any videos out there of, of kids telling parents about video games, because that's just, there's just such an opportunity for anyone that's running an esports organization. They need to tell that story. They need to to get that word out there. I remember talking to I always talk to uh, when I always remember talking to people that were like Quasi Hayford, who was going from Ghana to Bali. When the players got to the airport, their parents realized this was a real thing. It's like it's just like all of a sudden it's it's like they you know they 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 heard about it and everything. But it just became so real when they got to the airport. And I always just think that there's all kinds of great stories um, um, along those lines. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, though, before we get, I, I hear that you're talking with astronauts. Yeah. So um, part of what I wanted to do or what we wanted to do for our festival was, you know, speak to, and in fact, you, you are getting an invitation, actually. <laughs> uh, what we wanted to bring different speakers from all over the world. And we thought, why don't we try and see if there's an astronaut that would come and speak to our kids? Because we feel that, you know, the, the, the sky is the limit, pardon the pun. Uh, and we feel that you should be able to go wild with your imagination. And now that the world is global and with technology, there really isn't anything that you can't do. So we want to inspire our children to really, you know, let their imagination run wild. And those things that seem so unreachable uh, and the idea of an astronaut when you're in Nigeria and you're talking to an astronaut, you know, we just want to break down any mental barriers um, to, to being curious. Um, and so we've had different speakers from all over the world talking about a variety of things. And funnily enough, the parents are the ones who are having their minds blown. And again, you know, I keep going back to the parents because I feel if the parents are educated and informed, they will be able to inspire their children 
and not stifle their imagination and ambition. And that can only come if you're not informed yourself, right? So a lot of the webinars, it's our parents that are asking questions and thanking us for bringing a variety of different speakers to their homes where they wouldn't ordinarily have had the opportunity to, to even listen or learn from, from those individuals. So yes, uh, we're bringing, we're, bring, we're trying to bring as many different people to speak to many different um, aspects of career and the future, which is unknown, to be honest, for this generation. Things are going so fast. It's like, we, we just, I mean, you know, you're tired of telling kids, it's like, well, when we were kids, we, we you know, we only had three TV stations. I mean, so it's like, uh, but then our parents were telling us, you know, that they had to walk four miles to, right. to go to school. So it's like in, in the U.S., it's like it's it's always going to be a, a never-ending story there. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, this has been a great conversation. I'm going to encourage people to to um, um, to look more into your program. We'll put some links here in in the the um, the show notes and so on. And anything that we can do to spread your word out there that that is really good because uh, you you you're touching a lot of different people there, and that yeah. is is in really positive ways. That's, that is really good. So yeah, when I, people, I think you are as well. I think, you know, um, the fact that you are visualizing esports as a way to, as you said, change lives, create jobs. I think again, it's showing your own innovation actually in terms of, you know, cause you are also trying to achieve impacts, right? Uh, and you're using esports as a tool to be able to do that. So, well done and congratulations to you as no, well. Um, I appreciate that. It's like one of the reasons I do it is because I get to talk to people like you. Yeah, they connected on LinkedIn, actually. That was part of my curiosity. I can't remember who or what you commented on. And I was like, oh, that looks, he looks interesting. <laughs> and I went and I read your profile and I was like, oh, okay, esports gaming. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's, uh, let's connect. So, and you've just been super, super helpful. I really appreciate the connection. That's right. So, where can people find you online to find out more information about what you're up to? Sure. So, you can find us on stemmets.com. So, that's S T E M M E T S dot com. Uh, we're on LinkedIn as well. Uh, we're on Instagram at stem underscore met. Um, yeah, so you can comment with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram as well. So it, can people still sign up to go to your events in July? Oh, yeah, for sure. So that is on uh, steampunfest.com. Uh, it has its own, the event has its own uh, website and um, people can register to attend. So that's steampunfest.com. Great. Steam, is, is, there, is there any chance that, that they will get to go see an astronaut? Well, that ha- well, I wrote to NASA. <laughs> I, wrote, I did write to NASA for a virtual appearance, but uh, but they couldn't really find anyone. So uh, Reginald is helping me explore other options. But he, he's better. He's better than NASA. So yeah, right. So okay. Well, hey, I, I really appreciate your time here uh, today. It's always good to talk to positive people doing good things. So thanks for everyone for listening to the Gamers Change Lives podcast. Play games, create jobs, change life. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Thanks again, Jadisolo. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Bye. God bless. You've just heard the Gamers Change Lives podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and leave a review. And if you haven't subscribed, do so right now so that you can stay up to date with episodes as soon as they're uploaded. And so you can hit the ground running on changing your esports adventure forever. You can also visit us at GamersChangeLivesPodcast.com. Play games, create jobs, change lives. Thanks for listening.